Welcome back to Who the Hell is This For? Today we are talking about Fern Gully, courtesy of our friends over at A to Z Horror. We recently spun the wheel, uh, taking suggestions from listeners, and once again, they have hit us with an animated 90s movie. I, Not to give too much away, I grew up with this movie. Uh, Jeff had never even heard of it. Riley, had you seen this before? Yeah, my grandma still owns the VHS. Yeah, I, I wore that VHS out as a kid. Um, it's going to be a fun episode. I think it might get contentious, just guessing. Uh, <laughs> but thank you uh, to our friends at A to Z Horror, and the wheel is coming back. So if you didn't get your movie picked, hang on to it, because we're going to we're gonna do the wheel a few more times. And it's the suggestions we got were all awesome, and I'm very excited to review all of them, except for when I eventually have to watch The Dark Knight again. <laughs> I really thought that was going to be the first one. I, I would have been on board for it. Anyway, that's right. This is Who the Hell is This For? Kansas City's Most Dark Knight Hating Podcast. Oh, my God. Quit <laughs> three, advertising that shit. Three zeros across the board. Yep. <laughs> Okay, well, we need something, because we're certainly not Kansas City's most consistent podcast. <laughs> certainly not the best. Uh, longest running. We're on, like, season <laughs> 76. <laughs> oh, that's true. What about, most seasons. What about most train union supporting? <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> or, you know, I think per capita, we probably have more... <laughs> We will post the picture on Twitter, but Jeff just dropped a horrifying talk about that picture. I noticed that on Letterboxd today. That did you guys see that? Jeff, I'm assuming that's where you got it from. Yes, just so the listeners know at home what's happening. I like to occasionally derail the podcast by just putting things into the Skype chat to completely catch people. And one is a a screenshot of Fern Gully, which presumably would be like the VHS cover or something, but the letterbox like header picture has the most heinous picture of the Zach character you've ever seen. And they're like all CGI'd for no reason. Yeah. Very, very strange. I saw that and I didn't understand why that was happening. Like on all of the pictures I saw, there was a bunch of CGI characters on the cover. I'm like, this shows up nowhere in the movie. Also, uh, yeah. I figured it out. Per capita, most anime references in a podcast. And a Can- Kansas City's most anime referencing podcast. There has to be an actual Kansas City no. anime podcast, Yeah, but that's right? dedicated to anime. We are not. But if there isn't one dedicated to anime, you guys willing to pivot? You're finding a new I show. Sure <laughs> You're a part of a new show, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Nani, the Kansas City Anime <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> Before we get into the episode, I got a good feeling about this episode. I feel like this is going to be a fun one. But before we do uh, start, you know, our normal high level of professionalism, uh, we do want to again touch on all of the issues that still persist in this country, regardless of uh, administration. Uh, Continue to donate to black organizations, trans organizations, and indigenous organizations in your area. Uh, some of the ones that we have talked about here are One Struggle KC uh, for recently freed um, black men and women from the prison system, and it helps them get back on their feet. And a Transform KC, is it Transform or Transformations? I do not remember. One of them no, is a the railway. second one. The second the, Transformations it's not Transform. KC. Uh, anyway, the trains one. what have you guys been watching the past couple weeks? <clears throat> I watched some some very interesting stuff this week. So did I. Watched, I. Uh, one of them we share. I'm interested to see which one. I uh, I watched Halloween H2O Hell 20 yeah. years later. Um, so oh, I have now seen I have now seen Halloween one, two, and three. Um, I have seen Hall- the most recent 2018 Halloween reincarnation, and then now I have seen H2O. So I have not seen, quote-unquote, 4, 5, and 6. 
that you, were. You should watch them. I think they are actually the very cult of, solid. The cult of the Thorn cult of Thorn. Story, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have not seen those. So I was trying to explain to my wife like the timeline of what we were watching. Um, it is just a very interesting. Uh, Josh Hartnett is in it. Yeah. Um, I thought he would be better. Actually, did, did um, you <laughs> have you seen The Faculty, my friend? I like Josh Hartnett in The Faculty. I was expecting more of that, and he was just like really straight laced, like mm. normal teen. If he had gotten and weird I was like, with it, yeah, what's well, what's what I was expecting? Take um, some take some cues from Rami Malek. Right. Also, um, man, I'm gonna forget the actor's name. I'll have to look it up later. Who is the actor in H2O that plays like the the male principal? LL Cool J. No. <laughs> no, I'm going to uh, find Buster out his Rimes name. Buster Rhymes is in Resurrection. I'll find I'll find out. The, but whoever this actor is that plays the, um, the male principal is like the horniest middle-aged actor in everything I've ever seen him in. He's oh, always it's, uh, like the principal the from ball. Ferris Bueller then. No, it's a different principal. <laughs> But he is a, oh come on that's not <laughs> don't I just I picked up on what you were talking about anyways I watched it too this week I also watched the good bad and the ugly ooh um we rewatched Scream one and then what else did we watch we watched one I have seen takes calling Scream the Nickelback of horror and uh fuck right off that's I think that's my yeah. favorite horror franchise it's so good it's really good. It's very. I mean, you. I don't know. I don't have. To, I'm not going to even defend it. I don't think it needs to defend. No, it. you don't have to. I think but that's a bad I'm take. Throw a take out there. Yeah. Uh, it's better than. It is better than Nightmare on Elm Street. I don't even think that's debatable. I think the only Nightmare on Elm Street that's any good is the first one. Dream Warriors is fun. And okay, but, so there's two, but like Scream, Scream one and two are good. Scream three's fine. Scream four is. Good. Mm-hmm. Scream the series got... on, Scream the TV show on MTV. Actually, really good. It's just That's horror right. you Riverdale that too. Yeah, we watched all two seasons in like four days. By the way, so <laughs> <laughs> it's worth the shot. It's on Netflix. It has a weird cliffhanger, and then they the show got canceled. Um, but if you don't see the final Halloween episode. It actually rounds off nicely, so I would just not watch the final one where they go to like an island or some some shit. Okay, Tropical Scream. I'm I'm on board for though. It's like it's like Nantucket Scream. It's like Hamptons Scream <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> All right, Riley. What about you? Oh no, I know. We'll when we come back around to me, we'll talk about the one we share. All right. Um. I did we record last weekend? Am I imagining that? That was last weekend, right? I believe it might have been. Yeah, because it was the quick turnaround episode. That's right. Yes. Okay. Fastest so I haven't watched any movie since then. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh no no no! That is not true. Uh, Saturday night. Uh. I watched Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla on Comet. Uh, that was a fun one because uh, my dad and I live, I guess, live texted it. We were both watching it, so that was a lot of fun. Um, and other than that, I, Caitlin and I binge season one of Demon Slayer. Yes, an absolute banger of an anime. Um, I'm about halfway through, and it rips. What Do you know what episode you're on? Because 19 is where it absolutely goes full And I think I'm on 14. Okay. Jeff, that might be the anime we need to get you on because it is super fast-paced. You don't have to, like, sit through a lot of development or anything. Like, it just takes off after the first two episodes. And each episode's, like, 20 minutes long. So... Mm -hmm. That's not bad. And there's only 26 out, so... And then, like, 17 minutes when you account for anime intro credits. <laughs> One of the best anime intro songs I've heard in a while, also. It's no Cruel Angel's thesis, but it's pretty awesome. 
I was going to say, I have finally gotten to the point where uh, Evangelion is supposed to get really good, which is that I've just finished episode 14. Okay. Which nobody told me that it took me, like, it would take me that long to get into. I if did. I knew there was, like, a... I told you that. Well, I knew it was a while, but I didn't, I didn't know there was a specific, like, benchmark. Oh, yeah. Where I, said, I knew like, that I was supposed to... Episode 13 or 14. I couldn't remember which one. Oh, maybe you did, and I just didn't retain it. But um, yeah, no, it... Sometimes... Uh, it takes off from there. All right. Well, I'm I'm excited for the show to get like really good because it's been it's been fine so far. Uh, but it, it I'm going to use a reference that Riley is not going to like. Um, so far, it feels very like Power Rangers e where like the same thing happens every episode. Um, so like you I, kind of know like wow, the- that's a really good compliment, <laughs> Jeff. Thank you. I'm all in on the show. <laughs> Well, no, but, like, you know, you know what I mean? You know what the major beats are going to be. And so, like, I'm excited for their for them to break from format. Or maybe they don't break from format. Well, Who knows? let me tell you what. You cannot guess what the major beats are going to be from here on out. All right. Fair enough. Um, yeah, so Demon Slayer, check it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, much to uh, Tyler's enjoyment, we, since finishing Demon Slayer have started My Hero Academia. Took us a little bit to get invested into it just because coming off of Demon Slayer being so fast-paced, we weren't used to letting characters or the kind of the story slowly take Grow off. Grow and develop. Right, because, yeah, because Demon Slayer Demon just, Slayer just throws, throws you it. into it. Yeah, it's very, yeah, it's very much a metal song come to anime. <laughs> <laughs> It just takes off from the get-go. But yeah, My Hero, it's it's getting better. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for it to take off for you because I kind of felt the same way when I started it. And now it is, in my opinion, one of the like better examples of like modern shonen anime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, surprise everybody. We weren't joking. We did just pivot into becoming an anime <laughs> podcast. This is the rest <laughs> of the episode. We are doing a lot of animation, it appears. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, So I, as I said, have been watching through Demon Slayer um, and need to get back on that because I just, I had been busy over the past few days, so I couldn't continue watching at the rate I had been, which was very quickly. Uh, So keep enrolling with that, but also watch the little things. Oh, yeah. That's the one we were watching. Yeah. I had heard so many bad things (laughs) and I was like, I'm going in with an open mind. I, you know, I'm going to give it a chance and pacing was a little off and it lost me and dragged in some parts. And Rami Malek was being just incomprehensible throughout the entire movie. Denzel (laughs) was decent to good in some parts, even though he had some awful writing and Jared Leto was fun like i liked jared leto's character in this and then it does one of the worst like most beat you over the head here's what happened endings that uh that keeps you like it does it takes out all ambiguity for what could have happened and it could have been something that was good like the ending could have been done well should they we choose to do I it mean, in the absolute worst way i say let's uh insert a spoilers thing here Riley, not seen the little oh thing. no i have i have no interest in this no but people listening people listening right but i wanted not... i didn't want to be like okay listeners are out of the way sorry Riley. <laughs> <laughs> skip Earmuffs, ahead Riley. about 30 seconds yeah to two to three minutes <laughs> yeah two to three it could this could go for a bit <laughs> but the whole the crux of it it is basically seven too. It really wants to be seven, uh, but not good. And he, Rami Malik goes out to the quarry with uh, Jared Leto's character who is antagonizing him and like making him dig up and search for a body mm-hmm. on. And like, he's doing a whole like morality play there to determine like, leaves it in Rami Malek's hands to determine if he's going to commit to this and see if he's guilty 
or not. And then he starts like threatening his family and things like that and talking about all this stuff he knows about his family. So Rami Malek kills him with a shovel. And um, so killed a, at that point, well, I mean, the guy was still like threatening, but probably not, you know, probably not great to kill him with a shovel. Probably could have arrested him at least at that point. Um, Mm -hmm. and Denzel comes, you find out Denzel basically did the same thing, accidentally killing a girl that he was looking for that was kidnapped, uh, because she popped out of the trees on him, so he shot her right through the chest (laughs) and covered up that, and so he helps Rami Malek cover this up and goes to Jared Leto's home and, like, finds stuff that he had stashed under the floorboards and... Um, the whole like crux of this missing girl was that she had a red barrette she always wore. And then after he, you see him doing the whole cleanup thing and covering everything up, Rami Malik gets a package from him and it has a red barrette in there with a note that says no angels. So Rami Malik takes it and he takes it as a sign that, you know, this was in the guy's apartment and he actually did kill the girl. And then it goes out of its way to show you Denzel while burning all the things from the guy's apartment, also burning a package of barrettes, missing one, and it like stops and lingers on it. So it takes all ambiguity out of there. <laughs> Do you get it? Yeah. <laughs> God. He was guilty. Did, did Christopher Nolan make this movie? It sounds like a <laughs> Nolan movie. No, because there wasn't a handsome lookalike explaining it to a hot girl. That was what was missing. You see, he didn't really do it. So he's done Robert Pattinson, and uh, we don't need to dive into that. I was going to say, he's done Robert Pattinson and Leo DiCaprio. Who's the next actor he's going to have to pretend to be handsome Christopher Nolan? Steve Buscemi. There we go. That's a good place to wrap that up. Ooh. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I need to watch the new episode of that. It's better. Okay. Sorry, there's a hissing cat on my lap. Anyway, let's talk about Fern Gully. I do not have any of the Rotten Tomatoes stuff pulled up because my computer situation is different than normal. (laughs) I thought you were going to say, I do not have anything to say about this movie. Good night. (laughs) That's it. That's the episode. Anyway, brief synopsis. It's an animated movie with Robin Williams, Christian Slater, a couple other people you don't know about, Tim Curry, and... Uh, oh, and Cheech and Chong. That's right. Yeah. They were the Beatle Boys. <clears throat> oh, okay. Christian, was, uh, and Christian Slater not even trying to do it, a character voice. <laughs> yeah, just he's just Christian, Christian Slater. Slater. Uh, Fern Gully a 63% on the tomato meter, 64% on the audience score. So a somehow equal score on both. Uh, There's anything to be said, it's consistency. Right. Directed by Bill Croyer, um, released in 1992. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, 90, yes, a week after I was born. That's right. Yes, 1992, a week after. No, it came out on April 10th, though. I grew up with this movie. We have any uh, good rotten reviews for this one? Well, (laughs) as I said, I I do not have anything. I I don't know. Oh, sure, 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 sure. I'll find find some. Uh, (laughs) Children would learn more about natural processes from five minutes of any David Attenborough film than they could from all of Fern Gully. Well, that's okay. not fair. Yeah, you're going to sit it's your kid down in front of a David Attenborough documentary? <laughs> There's only one Let's Attenborough see. I knew about at that age, and it wasn't that one. It was the other one, whose name I forget, but he spared no expense. Um, let's see. David Cornelius from DVDtalk.com. <laughs> 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 uh a self-important environmental message piece only Sting could love. That had to be written like a long time ago, right? Yeah. To use Sting in a reference and DVDtalk.com. And to be mad about environmentalism. Yeah. Sorry about your website <laughs> please, being ass, David Cornelius. <laughs> please donate to DVDtalk.com. 
<laughs> Blu-ray, <laughs> Blu-ray.com Laser is disc. running him out of business. <laughs> Laserdisc ass website. Laserdisc.org. <laughs> so the dot, general dot synopsis net. of this movie, for anybody who's not familiar, which I wasn't aware those people existed until this week, uh, there is a group of fairies living in the rainforest. Uh, in the Australian Fernville. rainforest. Yeah. Did yeah, you know that? Lots of those. Uh, yes, because of a couple damn birds that we're going to talk about. <laughs> but they live in the rain. The squeaking is just out of control right now. <laughs> it's a kid's movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's fairies trying to save the uh, environment from loggers who have been, po- their machine has been possessed by Hexus, the spirit of pollution, played by Tim Curry. And they all have to band together, and a uh, bodacious surfer bro gets shrunk down and learns about the ways of nature and environmentalism, and also love. Uh, spoiler alert, it's 2021. Uh, the fairies failed big time. <laughs> yeah, they... Whatever they, they did not didn't save work. the environment. The earth is on fire. Hexus now uh, runs the Coke Corporation. Hexus actually controls the Jewish space lasers. <laughs> oh, while we're at it, current event talk, just can that person from every, like, I never want to hear about that person again. Get rid of them. I, oh, yeah. I, would, I would rather put Trump on Twitter than her, than have her in any form of any kind of platform. I would rather just shut down Twitter entirely. I came back, but if they're going to be on it, it's not worth it. <laughs> going to go down with it in a blaze of glory. <laughs> Take it down from the inside. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what happened, but Jonesy just stepped on the keyboard. I'm still recording, but there's now a break in my audio. <laughs> you, but you've been uh, censored by Should the buff FBI. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be all right. Yeah, it'll buff out. Anyway... What did you guys like about this movie? Um, I'm just going to come out and say it. This might be the horniest children's movie I have ever seen. It and you liked up, that? Because this is the is segment up, yeah, I think yeah. you liked. Yes, I did like that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Uh, no, I think... <laughs> just doubling down. <laughs> I think... Let's we can take a step back. I was going to start with Tim Curry, and that's kind of why I went there in the first place. Because yeah, Tim no, Curry is, and I I have a note about Tim Curry. Tim Curry, as well incredibly in horny in this movie, um, and also potentially like the idea for handsome Squidward, <laughs> possibly <laughs> just but like th- a Giga Chad jawline. <laughs> I think uh, I think the best thing this movie has going for it is um, it has an amazing voice cast it, it really does to have yeah um robin williams and tim curry like to have robin williams probably be the second most important or effective voice in this movie um is crazy um because i think tim curry takes the takes the cake um christian slater being just like sort of i a, don't know man i think i think robin williams was bigger than tim curry yeah. when this came out here's my here's my pitch for this the the bat and his genie performance are very similar. They're both oh, yeah. they're both good, but but they they both um, rely on the same beats. Mm-hmm. And so I, that's oh, I mean you know he was specifically cast in this to capitalize on that because this oh, came yeah. out a year after Aladdin. Oh yeah. So that's what I'm saying is it's it's really good. It is it is up there. It's on par with his his genie work. That's why I was so impressed by the Tim Curry thing because that's. That was like a surprise. I mean, I obviously know Tim Curry can be out there, but that was a surprise to me because it was like a new thing for the voicing of this sludge creature, sentient cum puddle, whatever it might be. (laughs) Um, (laughs) God. (laughs) We're diving in. Um, No, I also think that this movie um, actually does the environmental message like fairly well. Um, I think it does. Is, I mean, you know, for a kid, like, you're just basically supposed to understand them destroying the rainforest is bad. That's, I mean, that's the major, major thing you're supposed to take away from this movie. I don't think it's mm-hmm. subtle. I don't think it needs to be. No. I think it's just yeah. like, 
hey, they're cutting well, down the trees, and that's bad. The, the movie um, is 75 minutes long. There's nothing subtle right. about it. <laughs> <laughs> and a good, uh, at least 15 minutes of that is musical performance. Right. <laughs> <laughs> this movie is about the rainforest and logging and fairies fucking, and that's basically <laughs> It's Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? That is to this movie's strength. James Cameron saw this movie and decided to say, I'm going to take that. This is mine now. Look at what, what I've created. What if I took this 75-minute short story and made it a three-hour 3D movie? With eight extent, with eight sequels that are never going to yes. happen. <laughs> and he, like, he, he made Fern Gully. That's what Avatar is. It's a blue Fern Gully. Absolutely. I don't even have anything to add to that. That's just that's just yeah. true. <laughs> I think something that I really like about this movie is now not necessarily the animation because I have some things to say about that, but the um, the backdrops and they're all they all appear to be painted mm-hmm. uh, painted backgrounds and scenery. Those are all awesome. Yeah, they look yeah. super cool. And I mean the the world building is fun. Like it's not deep because it's a kids movie, and not even like a kids movie that's made for parents to also watch. It's very much just a straight up kids movie, so they don't get too much into world building. But there's there is stuff there, and it's fun. I enjoy what it brings to the table. Something I like about any any animation from this time period is every blue collar worker having the gray face five o'clock shadow that's <laughs> just yes. painted a different color i and i mean talking about things of this era this movie is such a time capsule of the 90s yeah uh there's an entire plot point around a walkman <laughs> yeah yeah I love it. I love how just like unabashedly '90s this movie is. Like the oh one, I forgot to put this in no, any notes, but yeah, when he like when Zach jumps on the leaf and they just start playing generic radical '90s music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also we were talking about we're just jumping around. We were talking about um, Aladdin earlier and how Robert Williams is channeling the genie there's so many things in this movie that that seem that they were pulled like directly from Aladdin concept art like um, yeah um well like Iago and the bat right mm-hmm. like have a ton of mm-hmm. like very similar movements so and I things got, like that and very similar but I pulled so much more from the like little bat thing in uh, Anastasia yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure they. But from that both. comparison is there for sure. Also, uh, Krista's dad, like little fairy dad, is just the Sultan from oh, yeah. Aladdin. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure it's the same voice. Same, it's definitely same beard. like the same, same beard, same like little figure. They just took off his hat and gave him like a little fairy crown, and that was basically it. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. What else did you guys like about this one? I watched it a lot as a kid. I am starting to run out of substantial things to say about what I liked, but Tom- I I associate this movie with just like my entire childhood. Yeah. Tell like yeah, so you talked a little bit earlier like you said you this was a DVD or a VHS <laughs> really dating ourselves. A VHS that <laughs> uh, you wore out as a kid. So this is a movie yeah. you've seen a hundred times. Most Absolutely. Likely. I I watch this on repeat. It's one of the first movies I can remember watching. And like I'm sure I watched it like before I could remember as well and just carried over into like most of early childhood. I'm trying to think of what my equivalent movie would be. Probably like I mean it's gotta be like the Lion King aladdin like that time period is the same like where we watch that same vhs over and over i watch this and cats don't dance all the time uh what mine, is mine cats was don't it dance? was this movie and um oh god i just looked up the name uh hold on 
Dunstan checks in. No, oh, but that I was an Dunstan ad. checks in. I believe that is one of the trailers on the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie VHS. Yeah, cats don't dance. Oh, um, what, a Rockadoodle with the rooster. I watched that one a ton too. Maybe the uh, uh, Once Upon a Forest. That's what it was. Mm. Man, you guys have all these uh, these like specific throwbacks. I probably have a lot of like, I don't know, Christian Sunday School movies I saw a million times. That's probably my a lot of Veggie Tales movies. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah, way, uh, way, way too many VeggieTales movies. I don't know. You know I don't what know. Is... You like the horniness, so maybe you're just like super <laughs> into hentai. <laughs> you know, you do wonder sometimes, like, what a singing cucumber about a hairbrush has to do with the Bible. Um, I'm not really sure what that was about. <laughs> it made money, but anyways. <laughs> so, Jeff, for your uh, for just a little background, Cats Don't Dance, released in 1997. A world of cats and Danny, played by Scott Bakula, is trying to break into 30s Hollywood. His only problem is that he's a cat and he can't under- understand why he's only getting parts playing an animal. Uh, I hate when he that gets happens. into trouble with a human star and almost sees his chance at a movie career disappear. Almost. Wait. Almost. So it's about a it's about a cat failing to make it in Hollywood as an actor. Yes. Like a human actor. Oh. There are other animals. He's not the only animal. Oh, there's like a support. But there's a group. whole group of animals. <laughs> I feel like this is going to show up on the wheel here pretty soon. Oh, I'm sure. I would love to revisit this one. All right. What? Uh, maybe we should get not so rosy about this movie. What did you guys not okay. like about this one? All right. Let's talk about biggest point writ large. You know what birds suck? Cassowaries. You know <laughs> what birds are played as like fun-loving and benevolent creatures in this movie? Cassowaries. Cassowaries are evil. They're dinosaurs. They're, they look... Yeah, they are dinosaurs. And normally I would think that's really cool. You know how many sharks attack people in a given year? There are 16 sharks, shark attacks on average in a year. You know how many cassowary attacks there are on average in a year? 200. Seems like a lot. Yeah, they'll kick you to death and tear you open with their velociraptor claws. I've never had an in-person encounter with one, so that's why they're my number two most hated bird behind geese. Oh, yeah, fuck geese. Uh, geese suck. Dude, it, that can be our hard claim to stance. Fame. Yeah. Kansas City's <laughs> most anti-geese podcast. Most goose-hating podcast. <laughs> yeah, no, I hate cassowaries. I just love that you have such and, a strong reaction having never met one in person. Well, I mean, they, they've they ruined my time playing Far Cry enough that, like, it it carried over, and I'm like, what are these things? And I how, researched them, and my hate was founded. How do you don't know? How do you know that the, the creator of Far Cry isn't just, like, a... A cassowary. Anti, <laughs> yeah, anti-cassowary, like, propagandist. You know what? That's propaganda that I will gladly fall for. <laughs> I was trying to make a QAnon joke, and I decided to leave it alone. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. We don't want them to raid this Post podcast. Post it on Facebook. No, I'll take on all the cues. Bring it on. I would I would uh, also bet my life that we have no QAnon listeners. So. <laughs> I think that's a pretty safe bet. We probably lost them a long time ago. <laughs> or this is a PSYOP. Who knows? Who knows? Something else I don't like. I touched on it earlier. The musical numbers. Oh, oh I don't know about good. that. I don't know about that. Well, they're not good, but I don't know that they're necessarily a bad thing about this movie. Okay. Robin Williams' musical number is actively bad. Yes. And so is the rapping lizard. <laughs> I don't know. The Tone Loke one is, is pretty good. I actually like the... I, I just mostly like it because it's Tone Loke. Like, the funky cold Medina lizard is, is pretty good, I think. It's Your mileage may vary with these. <laughs> but Tone Loke certainly does a better job than uh, Robin Williams. Yeah. I think it just feels out of place more than anything. Yeah, I would agree. It does feel a little bit like, um, I don't know, a little bit like 
Cats, where they just kind of the musical numbers just sort of start out of nowhere, and you wonder where uh, the buttholes yeah. are. <laughs> Show us the bat butthole. Um, <laughs> Show us the Kong Dong. <laughs> no, I just think it's funny that there there are these characters that show up for like two minutes, right? Um, and, and I like that the Tone Loke character's song is, "If I'm gonna eat somebody, it might as well be you." <laughs> uh, oh, fun fact, which was written by Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> the Tone Loke yeah. song was written by Jimmy Buffett. Yeah, Jimmy, we need you to write a song for this movie about fairies. I'm on it. <laughs> he's, he's like, can I can I write a rapping Tone Loke song? And they're like, I get if you want to. We were gonna have you do like a fun island song, but sure. No, I've got something on the back burner. <laughs> um, I want to find the lyrics to the Hexus song. Um, because it is oh yeah, suck me dry. Actively horny. Um, yes. And that's when he goes full handsome Squidward as well. And it just adds another layer of uncomfortability. Yeah. Um, the <laughs> okay, here, I'm just going to read the lyrics. I'm going to read all of them. Mmm, um, <laughs> sludge. Mmm, filth. Ah, fumes. Ooh. It says ooh, cack. I don't know if that's right. Uh <laughs> Oil and grime, poisonous sludge, diesel clouds, and noxious muck. Slime beneath me, slime up above. Ooh, you'll be my <laughs> toxic love. I see the world and all the creatures in it. I suck them dry. <laughs> I spit them out like spinach. I feel the power. It's growing by the minute. And pretty soon you're going to see me wallow in it. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no, 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 no. There's no way this is the actual lyric. I feel good, a special kind of horny. <laughs> flowers and trees depressed and frankly bore me there's no way it actually says a special kind no, of horny right what? Uh, there's no possible it's in I don't 90s know. but it says this is what it says uh, I think I'll spew them all with cyanide saliva pour me a puke cocktail and take me to the driver what filthy brown acid rain pouring down like egg chow mein oh he's like a food food fucker guy uh all that's foul all that's stained breeding in my toxic brain after dinner okay. I could, yeah, so i think so i saw something that said original uh, yeah snap jeff's poetry corner that was fantastic um suck em dry. i saw something that said original lyrics and then found a so i didn't click on that one i clicked on a different one and at the part you were talking about that's just obscene says, because greedy human beings will always lend a hand with the destruction. No, of this I haven't gotten there yet. Land. That's a different. That's oh. a different part of the song. No, because the uh, I the feel good. Brown acid rain egg chow mein part comes that's... after that. Okay, find the flowers and trees. Oh wait! Oh no! Scroll, I scrolled down, and there it is. I feel good. A special kind of horny. Yep, it's yeah. in there. Tim Curry says those words to your children in this Fern Gully movie. That's why my parents didn't let me see this. They saw this, and this is like, this is fucking obscene. <laughs> Anyways, and Tim And then Curry, here we are all these years later, and the first thing horny Jeff says hero. about what he likes about this movie is how horny it is. <laughs> <laughs> Try to keep me away. I don't think so. I'll find it eventually. So, <laughs> rooting it out. <laughs> so, I have two more things. One is halfway serious and mostly a joke, and one is actually like a point of the movie's quality. There are some problematic characters in this movie. Yes. Yes. Uh, specifically, I know like they're just Italian Americans from Brooklyn's. From Brooklyn. <laughs> hey, from Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> Italian Americans from Brooklyn. It feels racist, <laughs> like aggressively racist. I think, I think for it's, the two like truck drivers, it's it feels like '90s racist though. Yeah, which is is 
still racist. Like, but I don't like know Oliver feels, and Company racist. Yeah, I don't know that it's, it feels it's like not on the extra. tier of like. It is not on the tier of like Dumbo, or anything like that. Mister Popo, but it's still Steamboat Willie. Yeah, that whole thing doesn't feel great. All right, so the other thing I had mentioned was a lot of the animation in here is very rough. Uh, you see it a lot when they are sitting stationary on anything and they just kind of judder around in place and very clearly just kind of overlaid over that painted mm-hmm. uh, scenery. The just the cell animation is it's just pretty bad. Well, when you when you think about the fact that this is in the Disney Golden era but doesn't have the same like Disney quality like, I don't know mm-hmm. if this was done by the JV squad, if this is supposed to be like a Mulan 2, and they're like, actually, we're going to make it slightly good. Um, but it does seem to be in the middle of a prestige Disney movie and, like, a bad one, um, which is kind of strange for the time. I mean, it's also not Disney. Is it not it Disney? Is, uh, no, it's FAI Films and Croyer Films. Ah, well, you know, they really stuck around. Yeah. Young Heart Productions and 20th Century I Fox. swore this was a Disney movie, but... It is not. Wow. Oh, is it 20th Century Fox? You want to know? Yeah. So it's Disney now. You know who did the uh, score for this movie? Alvin Silvestri. Yeah, Alvin Silvestri, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty rad. Yeah. You know what he also did? Back to the Ro- future. Uh, Ready Player One. Well, yeah, but we don't want to talk about that. Oh, movie you mean again, Oscar, nomina- Oscar, Oscar nominated? Oscar nominated Ready Player One. <laughs> we could talk I about Hereditary if it was Oscar nominated for anything. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's too bad. <laughs> you know, speaking of things that were nominated versus things that aren't, let's talk about Macklemore winning Album of the Year. <laughs> oh, oh my God! My now God. we're just really. <laughs> oh, all right. Back to the you movie. Mean- Okay, something I didn't like about this movie. When they learn that there is a giant machine cutting down trees, their first reaction is, let's all get in a tree to hide from the tree-cutting machine. (laughs) It's all they know. (laughs) Well, yeah, but they're like, let's all get in this tree and we'll wrap it up and make a big tree. Like, you idiot, it's still made of wood. They just cut down the Nexus tree, and that thing was thicker than a bowl of oatmeal. (laughs) So let's just tie it in this big glowing tree. Like, fuck, it's going to draw more attention. Like, let's cut that down. Then the grandma gives her life for that to go hide in a tree. God. Yeah. Yeah. Not good choices, that's for sure. You know, you're not wrong. Also, I get that they're fairies and, like, they don't know how the world works. I think it's just so dumb. Like, I get it's a kid's movie, whatever. But Alexa, or whatever her name was. Krista. (laughs) (laughs) Alexa, order pistachios. (laughs) No, don't do that. I was making a joke. But she's oh. sitting there like, oh, these trees are protected oh, by these red that? X's. Like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure a kid can figure Guys, out. Guys, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Tyler's trying to tell his robot Alexa, not to no. order nuts anymore. Alexa, order whole, wholesale value of pistachios. Alexa, Alexa order a sword. <laughs> I forgot we had an Alexa. I made that joke specifically because it's a joke they make on A to Z Horror, and I thought it would be fitting with this uh, <laughs> episode, and forgot I had an Alexa in the room. All right, Riley, go back to uh, dunking oh, on these fairies. No, this stupid fucking fairy. Like, the writers of this movie, like, I get it's for kids, but holy fuck. I think these red X's are to protect the trees. Are you fucking kidding me? A red X? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, that's just so dumb. Yeah. <laughs> that's all I got. Uh, no, that's a good one. I don't. I don't know what to say about that one. 
<laughs> I Riley, the like, it's such a double-edged sword when you get really worked up about a movie because it's spot on and hilarious every time, but it's impossible to respond to because it's just <laughs> it's it breaks so us good. both down so much. <laughs> oh man, what a! I have a piece of trivia that I found since we're not really fitting with format anymore. Um, <laughs> apparently, this was actually made before Aladdin, um, oh. which is strange. Um, so, uh, Robin Williams had already agreed to voice the bat when he like signed on to do the genie, um, and Walt Disney tried to get him to like withdraw, but he wouldn't. And he originally like was only going to be in the film for eight minutes, and then he sent them. <laughs> He sent them 14 hours worth of improv- improvised lines, and they decided to triple his time in the movie. Wait, 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 wait. So they, so he acted out lines, and then they just animated it to fit it? Yes. <laughs> they built this movie around Robin Williams. I'm just, I just love the idea that Robin Williams is like, he spent 14 hours just making up material they, for a They didn't even films. have a script. Yeah, just... Yeah. <laughs> I'm going off the top God, here. I loved him so much. We we stand a working king. This is his eight mile. Absolutely. <laughs> Does that mean it's good or bad? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Eminem's the same guy that said, that's an awfully hot coffee pot. <laughs> <laughs> so who's to say if he's good? Uh, we are. He's not. Yeah, I stand by that. <laughs> Yeah, that's a take I will stand by. All right, should we go ahead? This this segment has gotten away from us. Should we go ahead and move into standout scenes? I think it's the toxic love. I don't think there's anything that comes close. Um, Personally. I'm going to go... Okay, I, I'm picking this standout scene just because this is something I remembered from always like watching the movie a hundred times that like when I say for so I think the when they first like put that in the put the seed on top of the tree and it like grows back to life that's mm-hmm. that's the scene I always think of when I think of Ferngully. yeah you know my standout scene was uh, Maggie bringing the forest back to life even though as O'Reilly pointed out it makes zero sense in the context of self-preservation, but that's the best animated scene in the movie. Honorable mention, uh, it didn't get it because it's so much shorter, but Hexus's like final, like legend of Zelda boss transformation after they think they've beaten. Oh him, yeah. That was cool. That was, that was cool. super well done. It's yeah. where all the budget went. I think. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's move into letdowns. Uh, letdowns for me, the stupid green glowing tree. Just dumb. <laughs> not to mention that they hot. Not to mention. Okay, we're going back here because I just I just remembered this. So we have this tree cutting machine. They get in the green glowing tree. You know, made of wood. I hope it withstands the tree cutting machine. Fucking idiots. <laughs> and then so they're like, no, we gotta stand up and fight this thing. And they're like, oh, shit, we're overwhelmed. So what do they do? <laughs> oh, let's go run to another tree. <laughs> that'll, sh- that'll stop them this time. God, I was, I was cheering for Nexus. Just burn it the fuck down. Australia's most a de- mostly a desert anyway. <laughs> this is actually... That movie is just a prequel to Mad Max. <laughs> I was Nexus getting ready wins. to make the same exact joke. <laughs> God. Um, All right, Jeff, what about you? I don't I don't know. I there's a big portion in the middle where the movie gets like serious or like the characters like get really emotional and care about each other. Yeah. Um and I think when Zach and Krista like fucking the waterfall um <laughs> i don't know i that part doesn't do it for me 
I think I'd be weirded out if it did do it for you, Jeff. <laughs> and it's just, you know, I want more uh, I want more toxic hexes. I don't really want the... Zack as a character overall annoyed me. And Krista did too. I don't like... It's hard when like movies like this where you're like, I don't like either of the quote-unquote main characters and I just want to see all the bit characters do their stuff. Like, that I think is when a movie gets a little weak. Like, you might say... Oh, the best parts of Aladdin are Genie and the carpet and Abu. Mm-hmm. But at least like Aladdin and Jasmine like are funny in their own right. Like, what do Zach or Krista like bring to this movie? They're just like the straight like it's not straight men. What am I trying to say? You know what I mean? They're the play by play. They're not the color. So I don't know. That's my lowest scene. I think my lowest scene really comes down to just one line and just like the whole process of Zach becoming human sized again. And he's like, guys, we got to make a change. (laughs) And it's like, so yeah, one guy, like one burnout bleach blonde surfer, bro is going to bring down an entire corporation responsible for deforesting Australia. And that like it's, and that bleach blonde surfer guy grew up to be Bernie Sanders. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> if only but zach is going to end up like dead in the outback somewhere <laughs> yeah you know they're gonna go to their boss and they're like yeah fuck no you're fired <laughs> yeah all right so jeremy gleason award i i think it's it's tim cook yeah tim curry tim, tim curry tim, tim apple <laughs> yeah he wasn't tim up a- tim apple let's go um yeah, it's got. Yeah, it's hands down Tim Curry. It's got to be Tim Curry. All right, let's go ahead and move into our ratings and who the hell is this for? Didn't so okay. you guys? You give your ratings first. Uh, I five. The nostalgia had to bump it up enough, but it's not a good yeah. movie. I just went with five, two and a half. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go with a a four. So a four out of ten, and it's two on Letterboxd. I'm giving it a six. The bigger nostalgia bump for me. Uh, I I toyed with going higher, but I really can't after rewatching it. It's a fun movie, and my I'll probably have my kids watch it, but it's not. It is not for adults. But in parts, it is. I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> All right, so who the hell is this for? Give me three other movies, that you, and we'll go Riley, Jeff, me. Three other movies that you should watch if you like this movie. Uh, I'm looking up to see if mine is actually a correct movie. All right, I'm going Once Upon a Forest. It's my first one. Okay. Um, far superior to this movie. Um. You got yours yet, Jeff? Um, oh, fuck. Okay. So I remember growing up with, I'm pretty sure, an anime copy of Thumbelina. Like it was like. <laughs> I know exactly you know what I'm talking about. Now. Yes. <laughs> yeah, like Thumbelina. <laughs> like Thumbelina, a magic story or something like yeah. that. And it's like, it's like heavily like stylized and there's like fighting and shit. Uh, that one was fucking great. That was probably yeah, one of my... I watched, I watched the hell out of that. I know exactly what you're talking about. So, in keeping with the spirit of us translating into an anime podcast, that was a kid's movie around the same time that I think would compete with this one. All right. And I'm going strong out the first gate. Or, <laughs> going strong out the gate with my first pick. Uh... There is no better animated movie than this one. And if you want an animated movie with a message, forget all the boring stuff like environmentalism. And let's talk about existentialism, American imperialism, and the uh, military complex. We're talking Iron Giant, baby. (laughs) That's a good one. Um, I'm going to go with an animated movie numerous musical numbers. I'm going to go, and I think I said it earlier, I'm going to go Oliver and Company. 
Ooh, that is a good one. Uh, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, so to do this, I, I have Googled movies like Fern Gully. <laughs> and on the as you're scrolling through, one of the movies is Avengers Endgame. <laughs> what? <laughs> and I would like to dedicate a whole episode where we put together similarities of the two. Um okay, this is this feels like cheating. Um but one of my favorite movies that has like a message about like being good to the environment <clears throat> is probably Moana. Ooh. Uh and I I unironically love that oh, movie. Stan Moana. Well, it's not as it's, good as Coco, but yeah. Uh, see, I okay. don't know. It's see, tough. Moana's have we talked good. about this before? Have we talked about I don't why? Th- I don't actually don't think we have. Coco is beautiful. Beautiful. Great movie. And a movie I will never watch again. It is. That's fair. It is too heavy for me and hits way too close to home. And yeah. I will never watch it again. I will recommend it to anybody who wants to watch it. But if anybody's like, hey, you want to watch Coco? Fuck no. I will never watch that movie again. It's It's a day ruiner. I have, never, I have never seen an animated movie that ruined my day afterwards like Coco did. Like, like close, like turn off all the lights, like go to bed. <laughs> Coco fucked up my day. Great movie. Yeah. Fucked up my day. <laughs> All right, so All right, time. For, my, What's yours? <laughs> for my second pick, I am going with DuckTales the movie, Treasure of the Lost Lamp, because I'm oh, staying on brand here with other movies that I wore out the VHS of when I was a kid. Uh, it's DuckTales. You don't need anything else to sell it. <laughs> I feel like right, I feel I feel like I'm forgetting a, a, like to your re, like your Thing. I'm forgetting a VHS that I wore the hell out of. Um, I don't know. Um, oh no no no! Here it is, right here. Shit. Uh, we're back. A dinosaur story. No! <laughs> yes. Oh wow. Oh, oh wow. man. Okay. So fun fact about this one: Damn I rented it. this movie multiple times at two places that you would never guess had rentable movies. Uh, and Dylan's the Moundridge Food Market. And that market. is D'Angelo's <laughs> and Heston Food Market. Ah, yeah. Loved renting movies at the grocery store. Isn't it? It is wild yeah. that our pizza place rented movies. <laughs> that was not for like a really long, like, it wasn't for, like, they obviously don't do it anymore. But it wasn't even like that long a period that they did it, though, right? No, it was. Just brief. Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe up to 2000, very early 2000s. Yeah. I remember we were a we were a Dylan's movie family yeah. instead of Blockbuster. When we got to go to Blockbuster, it was a really big deal because mm-hmm. that means we got to pick out like a new release instead of a movie that had been out there for 10 years. <laughs> and then Jeff would recommend Harry Potter and they'd just drag him home and couldn't watch any movie no <laughs> i knew i knew my limits i knew what i could request and what I could. <laughs> jeff like making like passing glances at harry potter as they walk by <laughs> like snapping myself with a rubber band so i wouldn't ask about it uh, <laughs> uh no i that is i mean that is a memory i have of like in the summers we would like finish dinner and be like so what are we doing tonight and everybody like what do you mean and i would like that was my preamble to like, can we go rent a movie? Because um, nobody yeah. really seemed to like like renting movies like I did. Like that was like, I should have known then that I would be hosting Kansas City's very first anime podcast um, later <laughs> on in my life. Um, God, we're gonna go outside after this and just like, in, e- in outside of each of our houses, this episode won't even have been released yet, and there's just gonna be like dudes standing down the street in like akatsuki robes from naruto and they're just gonna draw katanas on us (laughs) maybe the funniest thing is that my anime creds are like almost (laughs) (laughs) non-existent i basically got thumbelina and digimon as a kid and that's basically it 
Except for things that I've seen well, in the Riley's past two years. Riley's the Michael years. Jordan of anime of this podcast. I'm the Scottie Pippen of anime of this podcast. And you're the guy that threw the quarter with the glasses. Uh, no, you're. Like if, if we're doing bulls, uh, bulls, uh, uh, <laughs> what's the word? Uh, analogies. Role players. Analogies. Thank you. Yeah. According to the Last Dance, if I'm Michael Jordan, you're Scotty, then Jeff oh, is no. Scott Burrell. Uh, <laughs> just bully me about anime every day. <laughs> That's so much more accurate. Jeff, have you watched Evangelion? No, I'm still on the type, same episode I was a month ago. Type, please uh, tweet out a no context picture of Scott of uh, Michael Jordan bullying Scott Burrell from for the uh, podcast account. Yes, absolutely. Just rewards anybody who made it all the way to the end of this episode to find out the context. Finish an anime Jeff. series, Scott Burrell. <laughs> I don't even know what my last picks are. Let's just, let's keep moving. Oh, Zach Levine just got put on a my poster. My last picks, cat, Cats Don't Dance, because Riley took we're back from me. Another go. banger that we could have thrown in was Balto. Ooh, Balto is good. You ever watch Balto 2? No. <laughs> good. <laughs> I know it exists. I've never seen it. I'm I think... Trying. I think my equivalent was probably like Homeward Bound. Like I think we watched the fuck out Ooh, of Homeward yeah, Bound. Yeah, that was a good one. I was also big on Land Before Time. Nineties nostalgia could be a whole other episode, so we gotta get out of here. This has been another episode of Who the Hell is This For? Thank you guys so much for listening, especially if you made it all the way to this <laughs> to the end of this episode. Have a good week, everybody. Bye.